time to show the world that top is what I strive for. Greatness is a journey I'm willing to strive for. Consistency is key and I don't take no time off. Against the odds, I put it all on the line for. A lesson learned for every flaw I'm gonna make. Consequence I undertake. Putting all my trust and faith. Failure won't become my fate. Ten toes down, I never fall. Give it all to reach my goal. That's my name is Stone with my story told. Say I did it for the... I honestly can't imagine any better guest to talk about the WordPress ecosystem because you have a lot going on right and <laughs> a lot of projects in all kinds of directions and i think it would be cool to start with your story your background okay cool yeah yeah you're right i definitely do have a lot going on that is that is a a, a very 100 true comment yeah so i started working with wordpress probably about 2009 i think i did the usual it's a great way to just get a site running straight away and kind of did family and friends sites and picked up a couple of clients, but I was doing, I was working as a, an IT contractor in London, doing lots of database stuff, sort of very, very much like in the finance industry, or it, it was kind of boring IT work. I'd like to put it, it was enjoyable, but it was not exactly the same as, as building stuff like nowadays on the web. So yeah, I got into building websites with WordPress and me and my uh, girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, Uh, just moved to London and we'd set up a WordPress site to basically post photos on there that our family, well, close family could see what we were getting up to in London because we were both off Facebook, anti-Facebook uh, and Instagram had only just kind of kicked on at that point. So that was our way of just privately sharing stuff. But then my wife got really into Instagram and was just posting on Instagram and then saying, oh, I need to now copy, like basically download this image and then upload it to WordPress just to add it to WordPress. Like Ian, surely there's something you can do here. And I kind of knew about plugins and obviously WordPress runs on plugins, basically. That's kind of the thing. So I just started to investigate how to do that and fell into using the Instagram API and loved doing stuff like that and created a plugin, created a premium version. And just that really sort of started the ball rolling for me in WordPress and And then eventually quit my contracting job, tried to make more plugins, did some freelance WordPress work and just really went all in on transferring my kind of career into WordPress. And so now I work most of my week for a company called Delicious Brains, who are a, a sort of a high end WordPress plugin company building plugins for developers. So they build WP Migrate DB Pro, which is a migration plugin, database migration plugin, but also it migrates all of your sites. So you can push and pull your database between local and live and sync all your media files, sync your theme and plugin files, all of that stuff. And I'm a product manager there, basically running those plugins, kind of keeping on top of releases, development, support. But alongside of that is my kind of outside of that work side projects, which are WordPress plugins. I've got a couple of WordPress plugins. And last year I started a SaaS that was, that's focused on WordPress and it's actually for WordPress plugin developers. Like it's, you know, dog fooding 101. It's something that I wanted to exist because I wanted to use it. And it's called plugin rank, it's pluginrank.com. And that's basically the WordPress plugins that there's a marketplace for these plugins and it's wordpress.org. It's the free repository where everyone who has a free version, a free version of a plugin can list it and it directly integrates into WordPress installations. So you've got a user with a WordPress site and they want an Instagram plugin. They will go to their WordPress dashboard, hit add plugin, search, and they'll search for Instagram. And wordpress.org will reply like 20 plugins in the first request. And the higher you up, in those search results, the, the more chance you'll have to somebody to install your plugin. And there is a massive market within WordPress for freemium plugins where you, know, you, you install the free version, it gives you limited features, but it gives people a taste of what it can do. And you have a pro offering and you offer that and you upsell it within your plugin. So kind of the idea that getting higher up these rankings is actually good for business because if you've got a premium plugin, a freemium plugin, you want more users and potentially more conversions. So yeah, I, I'd gone down the road of trying to manually track how I was doing, my plugins were doing in these search results and, and how you can make changes to your, basically every plugin has a readme txt file that has information about the change log of the plugin, the description of the plugin, some tags, some other things, but all of that kind of gets bundled up in the, the WordPress search algorithm and affects your rankings. 
So if you make changes to try and increase your visibility in search results, I kind of didn't want to have to check in every day, every week to see where I was going. So I just yeah moved quickly from Google Sheets to building a Laravel app. Like why not do more in the evening and why not try and build something? So that's kind of really fleshed out into a, into an app that's being used by quite a few people at the moment. You know, it's doing decent MRR and it's helping me. And yeah, it's it's kind of given me more of an insight into the WordPress ecosystem, I think, because of it. So yeah, there's 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 more sort of coming out from that. So that's probably that's probably a short, long version of where I am right now. Yeah, and uh, you only touched upon a few puzzle pieces. There are a few more, but let's start by talking about the ones you mentioned. So the first one is called Integrate, right? I'm not sure if you mentioned that. Integrate is the plugin that helps you post your Instagram pictures on your WordPress site. And it was, yeah, as you mentioned, also scratching your own niche, which is awesome. Yeah. And it yeah. did really well. So I saw on your site that it, you made 12K in the first six months or something along these lines, which is, seems huge to me, right? With something that seems rather simple. Yeah, uh, it's interesting because to me, uh, at the time, there was people in the plugin world who were making you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on plugins that were perhaps more mass market or they'd got, they'd, uh, got a foot in the, in the door and they'd established themselves as an authority within the space. And, and, you know, there are plugin companies that do a lot of, you know, revenue. So I think at the time I thought, oh, this is, this is neat. This is good. This is, I wasn't blown away, but I was, you know, enough to think I could probably make a go of this. But yeah, you're right. That in terms of the idea, it was quite simple. But there was nothing. Nobody was doing that. There was Instagram plugins, but they were all very much like you know a feed where you you type in your Instagram username and it will just pull uh, a list of ten images with the image and the title, and that will be constantly updating from Instagram. Whereas my the take on it was slightly different in that I wanted to sort of syndicate the content from Instagram and publish posts that were created on WordPress. So you kind of keep your images because it would go and pull the image from Instagram, put it into the WordPress media library, save it to your server, and then create a post with the caption title and the body was the image. And you, you kind of had your own Instagram backup, which I think over time has become an important issue because people don't like all of their data stored with a big, a big company and without a very easy way to get it out. And this was kind of one way to do it as well as, you could create a photo blog or you could create, you know, you could pepper your blog posts with images about your company, your restaurant or your location, or all of these things that Instagram kind of has with location tagging and hashtagging. So yeah, that was, that was my sort of original plugin, which is still going today. And, you know, it's, it doesn't perhaps get as much love from me as it should do, but it's still sort of ticking over and it's something that, you know, needs constant maintenance, especially when you're, you're relying on a third party, because Instagram has changed its API over time. They sold to Facebook and Facebook's has changed their API. And it's, you know, it's always a constant, I guess it's the same with like SEO developers who are always, or SEO people who are facing changes from Google and the algorithm changes and all of this. But yeah, Instagram's API has been very, very changeable over time. And that, that obviously affects developers. But I, at one point I was thinking that that building on top of something was crazy, but then it seems so prevalent that everybody builds on top of something. There's always something for something. And like, you know, the reason why Zapier exists is because you have that need to connect things. So it's actually not a bad play. It's just comes with its own challenges. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And the playbook you used is, I guess, the standard one in the WordPress world where you're publishing a light version and it's free. It appears on WordPress.org. And this is where a lot of the traffic is coming in. And then you have like premium features, upsells. This is how you're making money. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that was a free version with a pro version that somebody would, you know, that there is upsells within the plugin, the light version, and it's restricted to a certain thing. Like the, with the Instagram plugin, it's basically with the free version, you can connect your Instagram account and you can post all your images sort of going forward, but you can get the last 20 but the pro version has unlimited accounts. So you could be running like your personal Instagram account, the, the company one or whatever, you, or you could have different, different sort of posting uh, templates based on, oh, this account does the videos or, or whatever. But you can also go and get your whole history. So you can go back and post everything. 
So there's there's that kind of paywall of features and what it can do. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And you mentioned that you built Plugin Rank, which is yeah an SEO tool, but for the WordPress.org search engine in some sense, right? Yeah. So it, it helps yeah. you track your rank, but not in the Google SERPs, but in the WordPress uh, search results. And you built it with Laravel. Did you build it from scratch or did you use Spark? It's actually built from scratch. I think initially I was so not familiar with Laravel enough to build all of that and you know start integrating with Spark. And I just wanted to get it um, working from a very basic sense. And I actually outsourced the the building of the, like, the billing component to a friend who just basically integrated Stripe checkout. So we didn't even go down the Spark route. I think at the time, I mean, the new version of Spark is out now, which is potentially much better. But I think the old version had its problems and the people I spoke to who knew Laravel well weren't that impressed with it anymore. And Stripe's checkout, the billing portal had just kind of like come out and was just made it really simple. So yeah, it's built from scratch with Laravel and then kind of made a lot better with some Vue.js and some asynchronous stuff going on with pusher and like if you start tracking a keyword it will it will go off and do that in the background and and then you know update the ui with the results once it's gone and fetch the data from wordpress so yeah it's it's quite a fun project and i i enjoy getting my teeth more into laravel development because i've been in the wordpress world for a while which is yeah it's php but it's the wordpress way of doing php and you're, you're working within an ecosystem that is limited to WordPress and how you build plugins that you've got to distribute to all your customers that potentially are running on different PHP versions. And it's completely different to building a SaaS that you control the environment and you can push out releases whenever you want. So I enjoy doing that. And and I enjoy the data aspect of the of plugin rank because it's initially it was like, oh, well, I just need to go and get these position results daily and so I make a call daily to the API and I'll get, I'll get the data. And then as soon as you get more customers and you're tracking more plugins and you're tracking more keywords, there's a lot of data going in and out or going into the app every day. And I'm kind of falling back on some of my pre-WordPress skills of working within databases and doing data warehousing for banks and financial, you know, other financial institutions. So it's kind of a challenge in that way to make sure that the data is not ballooning the database is not ballooning in size and you know i'm keeping everything i need to but also building up this kind of this almost like a data warehouse of plugin history and plugin position history and trends within plugins that can be analyzed and mined and yeah it's 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 interesting in that way for me as well it's certainly something i'm also interested in as you may know i'm also <laughs> interested in data products so i'm curious what database are you using it, it's Purely MySQL at the moment. It's not even on a managed sort of database. It's just a, it's actually hosted on Laravel Forge on DigitalOcean. So it's just a MySQL database that I'm trying to keep on top of from, from a size perspective. But it's, yeah, at this point in time, it's, it's not coming across any kind of performance issues and I'm not having to try and look at any other solutions for that. It's, you know, it does all of the processing quite early on in the, in, well, in the UK day. And then it's just a case of what people, when they're using the app, they're just fetching the data and it's not too processive and intensive at the moment. So it's working and I'm like, I know relational databases, so it's just easy to know, to use what you know kind of thing. But yeah, it, if, if the decision of changing the database engine or changing the way it's stored comes around, that, that will be a problem that will be a good problem to have because I'll have scaled to such a massive extent, but I'm not sure I, I see that happening because there's the market for this app is quite ring fenced. I think it's quite finite. There's, you know, it's WordPress plugin developers with freemium plugins that make enough money for them to want to actually improve their rankings and pay for a product. So yeah, you know, the, the Venn diagram becomes quite small, I think. But the WordPress ecosystem is huge, right? So actually I don't think it's that small. And I don't know what the current numbers are, but there are these numbers floating around what percentage of the internet is powered by WordPress, right? <laughs> but yeah. probably a large part of it are all these niche sites people built at one point in order to, to game this Google algorithms. But also I, I think there are more than 40 
thousand WordPress plugins listed. So yeah, it's I think it's actually like fifty. They've got fifty-eight thousand. Well, I've got a, a record of fifty-five thousand in the plugin rank database that has the, the plugins that have appeared in search results, and and then it goes and gets the data for those. So it's, I think there's yeah, it's you know it's over fifty thousand, which is bonkers. It's it's a good number. Yeah, and WordPress powering forty-four percent of the web or something ridiculous. It's really crazy, and as someone who knows quite a lot because something you haven't mentioned is that you also have a community right a reddit like community i would call it dedicated to wordpress yes yes wpcontent.io.io which was there was an existing kind of site that had been running for the past few years or maybe past five six years called managedwp.org and that was yeah a, a reddit style community site where people would post articles about the wordpress ecosystem new plugin releases or articles about plugins or trends or whatever or you know it was a community driven site so people would it, there would be a, an aspect of self-marketing there people like companies in the space would be posting their blog posts and getting backlinks and traffic and sh sharing but it was a nice place and that people could upvote the articles so you kind of had this popular page and that was a, a website that managedwp.com which is an app that where you can basically have manage all your WordPress sites from one dashboard and update the plugins and stuff. That was their sort of their community thing. But I think it got too much for them to to want to continue. So they shut it down last year in June. And I it just it just made me think at the time like that that's sad because I like that aspect of the community. I liked posting my any article that I came across. And so I just messaged one of the guys that I work with and just we said let's just throw up a site let's do it and you know we picked up a a very kind of not great but it did the job theme from theme forest and just that did all the upvoting and we threw up the site and managed to share it enough within our network that it's now become hopefully a staple within the community again and it's kind of taken taken on that role after managedwp.org bowed out so yeah that's it's nice to sort of be on that side of the community and help build that side of it that's it's awesome that you built a site in wordpress i wasn't aware of it so that's the cool thing about wordpress that you can build a site like this it's so flexible and yeah what i wanted to ask because you're an insider you're running this community you are writing a newsletter dedicated to trends related to wordpress where you're seeing the future of wordpress because i know that there are quite a few people complaining about developments what's happening especially gutenberg editor and also uh, the coding style uh, the wordpress way of handling php gets a fair amount of criticism i think and i'm curious what your opinion is uh, when it comes to the future do you think it's declining as a whole or do you think there's still room to grow yeah it's interesting yeah so just just to touch on what you mentioned i've started another project which is the newsletter that you mentioned it's wp trends and that's that's actually get the first um, newsletter emails going out today. And yeah, that's that's kind of like my thought pieces on analysis on the market, the WordPress ecosystem trends with plugins and, and acquisition opportunities as well, because there's like a ton of plugins that are being sold and bought at the moment. But yeah, to answer your question, I think I think WordPress is not going anywhere. Like I don't think WordPress as a whole is declining. I think, it, you know, if anything, it's growing. And the, the data is showing that from the market, the percentage of what, The web is powered by there is there's always been this aspect that wordpress is it in terms of developer community like it's the poor man's cms or the poor man's kind of development experience because it's using php which is looked down upon bad which is incorrect from the wider development community you know which is crazy look at laravel it's completely doing amazing stuff but wordpress is 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 a legacy platform when it comes to php but then with the gutenberg editor the block editor the new way of creating content within the wordpress admin it's all react powered so they're pushing ahead with kind of new technologies from that sense and it's a different developer experience i hesitate to use the word better because there's a lot of wordpress developers that are not react developers so it's actually quite hard for them to to get on and build new blocks and build on top of the block editor. But yeah, it's, I think it's going to be interesting in the next few years because the whole, the whole market for WordPress used to be themes. 
themes was a huge marketplace where you could you could build a theme and you could sell it and you could make you know hundreds of thousands of dollars a year there was you know god knows how many top tier authors on theme forest the invato marketplace that were making you know bucket loads of cash from themes each year and plugins have, have slowly become now like the bigger play within the ecosystem and themes are on the wane and i think because of the block editor where you're effectively giving people control to style their content and that's going further now with there's proposals and work being done in wordpress core to take it to full site editing so you you'd be using wordpress natively to create your whole of your site and you know change your header change your menu change your footer and basically become a page builder because that's what has been popular in the last few years people like divi elementor wp bakery or visual composer all of those page builders that have made it very easy for non-technical people just to build websites and make it look good. That's kind of what WordPress core is, is taking on, I think. So that's going to be interesting over the next few years, but I don't, I honestly don't think there's any decline. I think when you're inside the WordPress sort of world and you're seeing arguments about elemental doing this or WordPress core doing this, and there's sort of the, the, the typical infighting that's going on. It's not, it doesn't affect the wider world. I think users will still see that you can go and build a WordPress site with a page builder. You can just go and you do that. You don't have to use the block editor or you can use the block editor and you can use themes that are compatible with the block editor that bundle their own blocks. So you can easily create websites. And for the average user, it's, that's, that's great. I think it's providing better options. But I think that that also means that there is more opportunities within the ecosystem for people to make money because you've got over the last few years before the block editor Gutenberg as it was known in development came along the page builders were doing well and people could build on top of those they could add new widgets to page builders build ready-made themes and templates for page builders but now you've got Gutenberg or the block editor doing the kind of the same thing so there is companies making money from blocks and block templates and ready-made UI components that people can just drag and drop and, and use. And, and there's been a big push for the, the, the early block companies that went all in on the block editor and tried to build sort of products around it had been acquired by hosts. So there's a number of big hosting companies within the WordPress space that, that, that are trying to sort of establish their prominence in the, in the market and buying either plugins or block companies. So yeah, the, the, all of that sort of points to opportunity and the ability for other people to make money and i think there's, there's so much going on and i haven't even like literally not even spoken about woocommerce which is you know wordpress is alternative to shopify basically and that in itself is a huge um, market it's a huge ecosystem of e-commerce that woocommerce gives people and allows developers to build on top of because you've kind of got well, in the same way as Shopify does, you've got an e-commerce store out of the box that doesn't quite have everything and you need add-ons, you need extensions, you need other functionality and every web, every e-commerce site probably has different needs. So there's all of this opportunity to build extensions and, and things to improve the e-commerce store. So yeah, that, I generally think the future is rosy for, for WordPress developers, businesses and people looking to make money within the, the ecosystem. That's that's great to hear. And WordPress will probably always remain the Swiss army knife, right? That's the correct way to look at it. If you're having a very specific need, then there are usually better tools for the job. I would say, for example, we launched a paid newsletter and wanted a nice archive for the paywall posts. And we ended up using Ghost because it's kind of tailor-made for this specific use case but you really can't do anything else because there are no plugins in, in Ghost. And yeah, it's amazing to see what's, what's possible with WordPress, especially as you mentioned, it's ranging from simple blocks to e-commerce sites. And I really wasn't aware of this shift that building themes is no longer a huge opportunity compared to uh, these blocks. Maybe blocks are the new themes, if, that, if that's mm. the correct way to phrase it. And um, now the opportunity is more in plugins. So you mentioned that you've now also become more interested in acquisitions, right? And 
I read that you acquired one called WP User Manager and want to focus on it this year. Yes. Yeah, that was that was a plugin I acquired in sort of September 2019. I was because I even though I've been sort of working for Delicious Brains for a while and it's kind of like my main income, I I, I was enjoying having the Instagram plugin as side income. But at one point that year, I thought that the Instagram API changes were going to kind of make the plugin redundant. And I started to think, you know, I, I like having this, this plugin, this side project, there's something to work on, something that brings in extra revenue. So if that goes, what do, I, what do I do? What do I have? And I was going down the road of thinking, do I build something from scratch? Do I, you know, try and, try and hit, go down another niche within WordPress? Or do I potentially acquire something that's, that's around? And I'd seen other companies do this where, you know, they just pick up a plugin that was either that's already monetized and doing okay, but could do with some, some growth and some, you know, further development and marketing tweaks, or maybe buy a free plugin that was doing well that hadn't ever been monetized and then add on the premium side of it. And I think like it was just one day where I was just thinking about this and I just happened to look on Flipper and found this plugin, wpusermanager.com that was being sold and it was a, a free plugin on WordPress.org repo to help people build sites that are community sites where you can users can register from the front end. They can add their profile picture, add other data. They have their own sort of user profile page. You can build communities. It could be a membership site. There's sort of almost, it, it's a Swiss army knife of possibilities for user community sites where because WordPress doesn't really have like a, a front-end login or a front-end registration. It's, it's all very much like a login to the back-end. Users can't go and create their own profiles by registering or doing that stuff. So, so this was a plugin that did that, even though there was plenty of other plugins in the marketplace that do similar. And it had premium add-ons. So it was a kind of like the freemium model, which is free, free plugin, but add-ons. And people could go and buy like a $20 add-on to add the ability to create more custom fields for users and add those to the registration forms or a social login add-on or, you know, a recapture add-on or, or whatever. And it was, it, it seemed to be doing okay. I, th I think it was listed at like two times the yearly revenue and I've ended up buying it for one times the yearly revenue because I think that the seller was pretty keen to get rid of it and concentrate on this new product. So yeah, that that was a quite a good experience to to go down that sort of the acquisition side. And ever since I've been working to, you know, just just improve it and build it up. And initially try not to do too much development because I didn't have enough time to even do my current projects, let alone go and hack on more things. But so it was a case of can I change how this is positioned? Can I tweak the marketing? Can I experiment with pricing to increase? you know, the monthly revenue, can I increase average order value for customers? So yeah, that, that's been good. And it's actually turned into like my biggest side project in terms of revenue users and attention that I need to give to it. So it's, it's I'm kind of happy with how that's gone. But it did make me interested in how there's the potential to find like a good uh, plugin that's being sold that potentially the owner doesn't have the inclination to push further or doesn't quite see the value in it or hasn't taken it far enough and if they're selling it can you buy it can you can you improve it could you maybe flip it again but or could you turn it into something that is making 10 20k a month so yeah i i've just kind of been keeping my eyes open for any opportunities from a personal perspective but at this point i'm limiting myself from a budget point of view but also from a like i don't have any time to do this so if i see opportunities i'll just tweet about them but now I'm kind of rolling that into the WP Trends newsletter where I'll just email the subscribers when I see a new opportunity. And, you know, it's kind of nice, though, because I've had people reach out over the last few weeks who have seen my tweets and have gone on and bought some of the plugins that have been listed. So it's A, it's interesting to see how quickly people are buying these things because they see the value in them as well and they can see that they can make changes and grow them. But B, it's just nice to sort of share the share that with the community of WordPress business owners. Yeah. I saw that you were able to increase the revenue by 300%, I think, which is crazy. And so yeah. I'm curious if you can go into any detail what you did that actually moved the needle. Yeah, and I've got a blog post that's in draft about this because it's it's got such a nice sort of clickbaity headline about the, the increase that I really need to finish. But yeah, it's, I mean, initially it was 
pricing changes. Um, there was add-ons that were being sold individually for some as low as like $20 for a single site license or a developer site license, which was unlimited. And I think I initially introduced like a, a middle tier to that where people could do two to five sites or unlimited uh, to try and just kind of get people to spend a little bit more if they saw that value. But I quickly realized that there was that the nature of the plugin wasn't a plugin that people would use on multiple sites. They'd have that one community site that they'd need the plugin for. They wouldn't be using this, like if it was an email plugin, they'd be using it on every site. So a site install count as a differentiator differentiated between the pricing tiers doesn't make sense for user manager but I, I was kind of advised by a couple of people that selling a bundle of the licenses and initially oh sorry of the add-ons would be a better way to do that to, to sort of increase the average order value and but I don't think I had enough add-ons at the time to, to try and do like tiered bundles so it was just a one all add-on bundle that was like $199 initially. And I think I raised the prices of the other ones. So I literally didn't do anything to the code or to what the offering was. It was just raising prices because it seemed quite low. And people then started to buy the all add-on bundle for you know $200. And it then you know gave me the A, the, the cash flow to kind of reinvest into it. And also the knowledge that things, if people were willing to pay that much, then there was something right about a, the, the offering and um, what I was doing. So I kind of added, did, spent a couple of evenings, weekends, adding new add-ons and building out some features that were being requested. And then to the point where that there was enough add-ons that I could say, right, here is three pricing options, but they are different bundles. So the starter bundle was, I don't know, maybe $49, no, maybe $99. And it gave you like one premium add-on and two of the free ones that then became only accessible from buying the bundle because there was a load given away for free initially by the went before I bought it and then two other higher bundles where you know the top one gave you all the add-ons and yeah it's it's sort of gone well since then and I've added more add-ons and I've raised prices the biggest thing as well in terms of the recent revenue increase has been renewals and there's a whole piece within the wordpress plugin world how over time nobody offered renewal pricing to customers they would just be one-time purchases and then a lot of plugins started to go down the road of we will introduce a yearly charge like whatever you buy it's a yearly charge perhaps you'll get a 30 percent discount and you will continue to get updates to the plugin and you'll continue to get support and that seemed to be the de facto way of doing renewals and then I think WooCommerce and maybe another big plugin company at the time just turned on automatic renewals where people would get an email, you know, like two weeks before their renewal came through. But when they checked out, it was a billing agreement with PayPal or it was a Stripe subscription. So they would get automatically charged the next year and remove the discounts really because, you know, you're still going to get the same value. You still need to get plugin companies kind of need to keep getting the same revenue. It's difficult if you end up discounting for customers over time. So I did that initially with user manager because it didn't have, it had manual renewals on and the renewal rate was low because it just relied on people doing it. I turned on automatic renewals. And so last September, which was a year on, I started to get in more renewals. The renewal rate went up because it was automatic and not, and not many complaints about it. So the, the monthly revenue went up because I was getting that compounding of the recurring and just, I guess, improvements with seo that i was doing as well meant that and, and this was google seo as well as wordpress seo the pricing change adding more add-ons adding more features that were making it more desirable all kind of came to a head in september and it's just been on a upward trajectory ever since which is good so yeah i definitely need to finish that blog post and document <laughs> i'm looking forward to it i love to read it and you mentioned that you bought the plugin even though there are plenty of alternatives, right? And I guess that's true for most of the plugin ideas people will have. And I saw that you did a thread on Twitter about WP Rocket, I think, which is a caching plugin. Mm -hmm. And there were already huge, hugely successful plugins, but they launched nevertheless and did well, right? That's the story. Yeah, yeah it's, it's mad really, because 
the competitors they had were free plugins that were just very long-standing plugins in the in the repository and in the WordPress space that everybody knew when you talked about caching. And WP Rocket launched as a premium-only plugin, which in itself was just, it seems crazy, but in a way disruptive as well. And they just, I don't, yeah, they had won the fight through a much better user interface, potentially the same thing that it did, maybe some better stuff. Like I'm, I'm not a caching expert and I haven't deep dived into like the functionality, but you know, that they, they did well with social and SEO and their, their content was amazing. And they, yeah, now they are just like the caching plugin you think of when you think of WordPress caching and they are doing, you know, like potentially millions in revenue uh, and are a massive team. So yeah, that's, I think my tweet thread was like, obviously that is, they are all potentially an exception or an exceptional case, but I I think it was more of a, like the overriding uh, message was, it doesn't matter if there's competitors, it does show that there is a market that you can like, even if the competitor is taking 90% of the market and you can get 10% of it, if it's a big market, that's still, that's still a reasonable chunk of change or it's a reasonable amount of users. So yeah, I think, with WP User Manager, I knew that there was premium membership plugins. There was there's a plugin that that is similar to me in terms of the add-ons, and that that is the market leader, and it, it does really good business. If I remember correctly, from years ago, they were doing public like what's the word like open revenue blog posts to say what they were doing, and it was kind of crazy numbers. And I was thinking, wow, that they're, they're doing really well. So can I not just do a small percentage of that? I'd be happy if I could 10x this revenue and then I'll be like my current revenue. So yeah, it's it does just show that you can you can differentiate or and you can perhaps go into a market that's like mem- like newsletters, for example, on email, you're talking about the the ghost platform you're using for your newsletter. There's there's people doing that within the WordPress space where they're taking a kind of a, an overall market of email newsletters. And then niching down and kind of taking what's happening in the outside world and trying to do it to WordPress. Like there's a plugin called Newsletter Glue that is doing basically Substack for WordPress. And it's, you know, you write your blog post and you can just email it out with one click. And that's different to what other email newsletter plugins are doing in the WordPress space. So you, there is potential to kind of go in and and just just tweak the offering and and try and learn from like what other big companies are doing outside of WordPress and try and take that into WordPress. So yeah, it's, I think the size of the market and the size of the amount of competitors is a good thing rather than a scary thing. It really helps that the WordPress world is so huge. So I checked the numbers on your plugins and I think your Instagram integrate has a hundred thousand downloads or something like this, right? A, a huge number. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I would say that with some caution because the download metric within the WordPress repository is potentially not the best metric to go by because every time there's an update to the plugin and everybody downloads that update, that sort of counts. So if you, you know, you update often, those download numbers are going to be kind of skewed by the fact that people are having to re-download your plugin. So there's duplicates in that data, whereas the, the active install count is probably the, the more important metric. I mean, the WordPress repo and uh, having a plugin on there doesn't give you that much data, which is obviously why Plugin Rank is trying to do a lot of that as well and in trying to give you more of an insight into how your plugin's doing. But yeah, Active Installs is probably the best one. I think it's on 9,000, potentially, no, 5,000 is the Instagram one. So it's not, it's not exactly huge considering there's like plugins that are got 5 million Active Installs. But yeah, sorry, I kind of interrupted you on that. Yeah, it's... I wasn't aware that this is how they count the downloads, but it explains why the numbers are huge because I was, how can can this plugin have 100,000 downloads? But yeah, it makes sense that yeah. if they if they calculate it like this. So another thing I want to say is that it's really fascinating that you mentioned that WP Rocket didn't really innovate, right? In terms of technology or maybe just a little, but just by putting a price tag on it and offering better support, the stuff you would expect from a paid plugin already was enough to convince mm. people. Of course, 
it's not that easy, but still a really cool story and lots to yeah. learn from it. Yeah, I, I do think obviously the, 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 there's potentially things that they did differently from a, a implementation point of view and a technology point of view. Like I don't want to, I don't want to quote on saying it was the same kind of thing, but you know, caching is caching within WordPress. It's page cache, object cache, compressing assets, and all that stuff. So I think they covered all those bases. But yeah, you're right by putting a price tag on it because it just goes with the whole pricing psychology. If someone sees something that's free. They don't value it. But as soon as you, you know, you put a price tag and it's potentially a higher price tag, that makes people think that this is worth having. So yeah, that, that's that's quite an important step. And it doesn't always come across with open source software and people building plugins for free. You kind of get this reputation that WordPress is is not quality because there's so much of it is free and giving away given away for free. But yeah, that that isn't necessarily the case for the plugin businesses that are doing good stuff and having to pay developers and pay support staff and maintain it. And yeah, there needs to be a a revenue aspect to it. Yeah, you always get what you pay for. And if you're you're just using free stuff, WordPress can be very clunky. But if you're using premium stuff, it's actually amazing. I, I, I totally agree. And I would love to, as I told you, talk about a few opportunities concrete opportunities you are seeing for someone who wants to get started in WordPress world. So maybe not the most ambitious project, but also yeah, tools you wish would exist as someone so embedded in the WordPress world. Mm. I think from the first question about if you're going to get started, I think what we talked about with WooCommerce and the opportunities around that, I think that's probably quite a good place to start. But I think it's always good if you're coming from a position of trying to solve a problem that you have rather than trying to find, uh, you know, if you want to start a plugin and you want to start making money from a plugin, it's quite hard just to pinpoint an idea out of nowhere. And like, you need to have encountered at least a problem that there is friction and you want to solve and a plugin would solve it. And, and, and that's typically what the companies that are building WooCommerce add-ons have done. They were building client sites as like an, from an agency's perspective building e-commerce sites for their clients with WooCommerce and realizing that it needed to do this for their client and the only way to do it was to build a plugin they built the plugin and they dog fooded it and it was doing the job for them and then they kind of packaged it up as a premium plugin so I think from my experience and this is you know obviously you can only speak from your own that's how I've done it as well with Instagram the Instagram plugin it had to be something that would solve my problem and that's helped me going forward so i think yeah I, I i would i would struggle personally to think right i am starting a new plugin business tomorrow what's it going to be like it, it has to be something that i've come across and encountered and and you know that the problem exists and and in in terms of your second question for the tooling it's that's a difficult one because there aren't many tools around for people within the WordPress space who are developers or business owners, or, you know, there isn't a lot of tooling around. There is, yeah, I struggle to think. I mean, plugin rank to me seems like the not many, there's not many things that help plugin developers like plugin rank and to sort of have, you know, like if you look at the SEO world or when I say SEO world ranking on Google world, that, that is, there's a huge market around it. There's a huge ecosystem. There's, you know, God knows how many tools like Ahrefs and SEMrush, all of those things that help people either understand where they're at within their SEO or help to improve it. And like all of the tools around that. I mean, so yeah, in terms of WordPress developers and WordPress businesses, it's a it's a completely different marketplace, like very early on in its journey, I think, for, for tooling. Like even you see tools popping up for Twitter and for Twitter users, power users, and people wanting to improve their audience, like there's more tooling for Twitter than there is for WordPress sort of developers or plugin businesses. So I, I, I mean, yeah, I can't think of specific examples, but I'd like more stuff to come from it and for people to build more things for that part of the ecosystem. But yeah, I think that will come for sure. But why do you think that is? Because WordPress is not new right it, it's been around for decades at this point and why is there so little tooling compared to much newer platforms yeah i don't know i think i do think it comes down to 
the sort of the, the free open source nature. And like I said before, a lot of things are given away for free. I feel like there's, you know, if you look at the Shopify world that has every add-on that people develop is a paid add-on. You don't kind of have this free marketplace. That there's, there's companies within Shopify's ecosystem that are doing big bucks. And because of that, the, the, the tooling and the kind of the community around it is much more advanced. And I think that's probably the main reason why the WordPress ecosystem is lagging in that sense, because it's, it's still pulling itself up into like revenue is okay. Like we can charge for things. That's fine. Let's, you know, the size of the plugin company, there's a small size of plugin companies doing amazing business, but in terms of the Shopify world, that's, it's, it's a small percentage. Like we, we need to be doing, or we need the, the WordPress ecosystem to be making even more money with more companies that then, then will drive those kind of tools. And I don't know, yeah, community things that will be geared towards let's do this because we need to make revenue. Like, yeah, yeah makes sense. So because Shopify is all about money, as you mentioned, people just create stores. They don't create like hobby sites as with WordPress and yeah, it's all about money. The plugins are paid and everyone knows that there is money to be made and there is a cool ecosystem, at least from a business perspective. But uh, maybe just the word needs to get out that <laughs> there's also quite a lot of money being made in the WordPress ecosystem. And if you can help people make money just like you do with plugin rank, I'm pretty sure people would be happy to pay just as they are happy to pay for plugin rank. So I probably need to do some research on tooling around Shopify because I know a friend of mine, Daniel, is creating like an analytics tool for Shopify, but it's all also quite early and it's somewhat sim uh, similar to plugin rank, I think. And mm. I'm not too familiar with other tools in around Shopify, except for these databases where people track popular products and popular stores and these kind of things. But probably, yeah, just cloning what's doing well in one ecosystem and then porting it over to another ecosystem. Because if you go to BuildWiz and look at the top e-commerce platforms, right? You have Shopify, WooCommerce, and you can just look at the different systems and what's doing well in one and then trying to clone it in, in another world. I'm pretty sure that that's not the worst strategy. No. Exactly. And, and interestingly, I just thought of a, a product called Metoric, M-E-T-O-R-I-K.com, which started as an e-commerce sort of reporting and insights tool that actually started in the WordPress world, built on top of WooCommerce. So it gave you better reporting around WooCommerce for your customers' cart subscriptions. And they've then now moved into the Shopify world. Because, you know, what works for one will work for the other. But it's just interesting. They've gone the other direction and they started within WordPress space. It definitely works in all directions. That's definitely interesting. And App Store Analytics is the tool by Daniel. So I think it's quite similar to plugin rank in terms of functionality. It's also all about how can I rank better in the Shopify App Store? Because, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Even, even moving one spot up the ranks is causing a huge bump in revenue, right? There are these numbers for the Google search results where the first bot gets 70% of the traffic and then the second gets 20 and afterwards five, one. And as everyone knows, no one goes to the second side. Yeah. It's, it's really important aspect of... Now, one question I have is that if you're doing a purely premium plugin like WP Rocket, then I guess you can't distribute it um, using the... WordPress store, right? You can't distribute it on WordPress.org because it's only for free plugins. So yeah. where are people buying premium plugins? I think when it comes to just premium, I think it's just a case of having their own site that is selling the plugin and they are getting users to come to their site through content marketing and you know word of mouth within the ecosystem as well. Because obviously at some point, WP Rocket turned from being something that people were potentially talking about a little bit or finding to being like synonymous with. But yeah, I think there's there's people that are building WordPress plugins that do certain things that are premium only. There's, there's no marketplace to list them. They, you know, there is marketplaces like Code Canyon, but 
they're not great if you want to own your own data and choose your own prices and take all of your revenue, all of this stuff. So you have to go down the other route of get attracting customers. It's, it's customer acquisition through search. And, you know, if your plugin solves a problem, then write about why that problem exists or what, how to solve that problem for customers, because likelihood they'll have the same and they'll be searching for how to do X with WordPress or how to do this with WooCommerce. And if you rank in the top 10 of Google, you're likely to get a hit. And, you know, so, yeah, I think that's, that's probably the, the way of doing it. And again, if people are starting with a, a product from scratch with WordPress, unless you've got that marketing and content engine where you can quickly and regularly put content out that is going to attract customers, unless you can do that, which like if you're a solo developer, unless you've got, you know, good contacts and good freelancers, it's hard to do. And unless you've got an existing audience, because like take Delicious Brains, the company I work for, we've got two of our main plugins are freemium. So we've got them on .org, but we're not afraid to to create a premium only plugin because we've got a massive email list of, of people. We've got an audience, we've got a blog it would be much easier for us to release a premium plugin than for me to release a premium plugin only. So yeah, I think you've got to weigh up the best way to that you're going to be able to market it. And the WordPress.org repository is is a huge marketing channel that is sort of free and easy to kind of use. So yeah, there's I think there's much more effort nowadays to be put into a premium only plugin. And do you have any tips for how to actually get traffic from the WordPress? .org repository because it's very noisy, right? There are 10,000 of plugins. And if you just create a new one, chances are high that no one will ever see it. Or maybe you get a few downloads. Is there any tip to get to, how to get the word out? Do you mean outside of the repo or in terms of rankings? I guess both because it, of course, feeds into each other. My guess would be that if I upload a plugin, it doesn't rank automatically as on any other search platform you need ranking factors, the number of reviews, number of downloads. And this is what determines how high you rank for certain keywords in the, yeah. in the search engine. And so I'm curious if you have any ideas how to make it happen. Yeah, so yeah, there, there is a number of ranking factors and, and some of them you have control over and some of them you don't because, for example, there's active installs counts as a ranking factor. So if you're you start with zero and you're coming up against competitors who have got you know tens of thousands of active installs, they will rank higher than you because of that factor. But you've also got the ability to rank higher if you're there's a support forum that comes for every plugin where people, and it depends what your policy is, but most people will ask for support through that forum on WordPress.org. And if you are responsive and you are answering tickets and closing tickets and you know, providing good support for your plugin, then that's a ranking factor. So like a lot of people, I think originally went right. Well, if I've got a freemium plugin and I've got, so the pro version over here, that's paid for support. And that's what I'm offering as part of that deal. So I'm not going to give support to the free version on the WordPress repository forum for that plugin. But I think nowadays that's short-sighted because it's a ranking factor. It gives people a good, if you can afford the time or you've got support staff to do that it's worth doing because it helps um, another thing is is uh, that you can help with is your rating so users can re review your plugin give it a one to five star rating uh, leave a review so the more users you get and the more people using your plugin and if you have interactions with them through support or they're asking you for features or whatever then it doesn't hurt to ask for a, re a review Like if they're enjoying your plugin and you've been responsive on support, you've given them a good interaction, they're more likely to leave you a good review. So yeah, the more five-star or four to five-star ratings you get, the higher you rank. And yeah, it, th th there's a whole piece on keywords. Like if you're ranking for Instagram because you're an Instagram plugin, you've got to use that in your copy of your readme. You can't necessarily use it in your name because I've just picked a keyword that unfortunately has a trademark infringement on it. But you can use it in your readme to say what it does and the more times you use the word if you use it in your tags because each plugin can have up to five tags to say what it is about what it does to help for search so yeah there are things you can do but yeah and outside of the repo if you've got a plugin there is blogs out there that are 
um, writing about WordPress plugins. So it's, I guess, if you can network and and talk to those blogs and try and get either guest posts written uh, on on relatively large sites, that there is sort of other channels that you can tap into. But but like anything, it's just showing up and being nice and giving more than taking. I think that's certainly great advice and something to consider is of course what you mentioned that one strategy you can use is like content marketing what you just described where you're writing guest posts you're creating your own site you're writing helpful posts answering questions people commonly search for on google but this also costs money right even you're paying freelancers to write these articles or you have opportunity costs where if you dollarize your own time it's also money and maybe it would be then cheaper instead of starting from scratch to buy one, just like you did with yeah. WP User Manager. Because if you actually do the calculation, because good content is pricey, a good article is not cheap. And I'm not sure what the, the price for abandoned WordPress plugin is, but as you mentioned, the multiples seem rather low. And there are real opportunities that you cover in your wptrends.co newsletter. And that at least sounds to me a smarter strategy for people who want to enter the field instead of starting from scratch. And also you don't need your own idea, right? You can just go with what already exists and makes a lot of sense. And just one last idea. I wanted to hear your opinion on so many WordPress plugins have this one-time pricing policy, right? Usually in software, it's all about subscriptions because this is what makes projects sustainable and I'm curious if it's just very difficult to charge a subscription fee for a WordPress plugin. And especially given that the WordPress.org repository, the official plugin store is all about free stuff. And there is no great premium app store that handles the subscription stuff for you. So at least that's my outsider perspective, if there might be an opportunity. So I'm curious what you, what you think. Yeah, I think... Nowadays, it's very much expected that a WordPress plugin will sell a subscription. So you're, if you're buying a premium plugin, you'll be buying a subscription and you'll be paying, I don't know, $100 for this year. And that gives you updates and support and it will renew next year. And I think that's become widely accepted within the ecosystem, within customers that are buying these things. That, that's, that's the expected way of doing it. And I think obviously you have to kind of do that to, to be sustainable, like you've mentioned. Uh, and there is, yeah, you, you're right. Also, there's no premium marketplace for, for selling plugins unless you go, well, there, are, there is, but their Code Canyon, as I've mentioned before, takes high cuts and there's a one-time payments as well. So you don't have sustainability if you sell through that marketplace, but there's no good marketplace, should I say. So yeah, people just sell them through their own store, uh, their own site, and they're using probably WordPress and probably WordPress plugin, like easy digital downloads is geared towards selling software with recurring licenses and activations of the, of the license keys and all of that stuff. But there is obviously other places that you can you can use like hosted solutions like Freemius is another one. And that kind of is a bit like a paddle from the SaaS point of view that people use Stripe, but they have to deal with taxes and all of that stuff. But if they use Paddle, it's the merchant of record and they'll they'll deal with that for you. And obviously you pay higher fees, but you do less hassle and have less hassle. And Freemius is a bit like that as well for WordPress plugins. So you can sell your plugins and uh, along with being the merchant of record and taking all of the tax and not, not worrying about EU VAT or VATMOS and all of that stuff. <laughs> it, it does that, uh, but it has like analytics and insights and, you know, it will capture emails on activation of the plugin. And, there's, you know, and I'm surprised I've not even mentioned that really when you, you talked about the tooling around it, but the, you know the very fact that something like Freemius exists is a good tool for WordPress developers because you don't have to go on your own to go and build your own e-commerce site to sell your own plugin. You could just use a hosted platform that has a lot of bells and whistles to make sort of your life easier. So yeah, it's I think recurring is is acceptable, and that would be you know you wouldn't want to do anything different to that straight off the bat. Yeah. And last question I have, is there a, a marketplace for WordPress plugins So actually acquiring it like you did with WP User Manager or is it just Flipper? 
Yeah, the, there isn't a dedicated WordPress marketplace. And that's an interesting concept if, if there is that need, enough of a need for it. But yeah, I mean, I'm just seeing listings across Flipper. Microacquire is, is doing WordPress um, businesses. Side projectors is another place I look. So yeah, it's basically varied how people, uh, uh, there, there are obviously the bigger M&A type listing sites like FE International and Empire Flippers that will do, they will do WordPress plugins and WordPress businesses, but they're typically higher end, you know, hundreds of thousands rather than tens of thousands. But yeah, in answer to your question, I'm hoping WP Trends will be the place where people will subscribe because they'll just get it in their inbox and they don't have to go and scour different marketplaces. But at this point in time, nothing dedicated for WordPress exists. No, interesting. Might be an interesting opportunity, but yeah, probably hard to pull off. So thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah. No, thanks for having me. It's been really nice to chat.